Aloha. Every one of us, we come to this season where we're very grateful and we're joyful for uh, what Christmas gives, and we have favorites of the season. And one of the, my favorites, uh, coming back home, I've been away for 12 years. I was in the mainland, and, and coming back home, one of the things that I missed doing in the mainland was our version of the 12 days of Christmas. Can I get a witness out there if you know what I'm talking about, right? If you were at a party Thursday night, you would have seen a bunch of crazy Hawaiians up here going nuts. But I wanted to read some of the words to you, starting from the 12th day, so we don't have to go through the whole thing. But on the 12th day of Christmas, my what? Tutu gave to me, right? 12 televisions, 11 missionaries, 10 cans of beer. Yeah, bia, broken English. Bia or root beer for some of you Christians out there. Nine ukuleles, eight pounds of what? Poi. Can I get a witness for poi, amen? Hallelujah, all one of you. Number seven, shrimp uh, swimming. Number six, hula lessons. Five big fat pigs. Puask. Uh, how many of you love Gentile food? Can I get a witness out there, right? Thank the Lord. Four flower lays, three dry squid, two coconuts, and a minor bird in one papaya tree. For you who's not from Hawaii, it makes sense to us. Can I get over this, right? It just does, and I love it. I love the Hawaiian culture of Christmas. So that's my favorite story of all, seeing us gather together and enjoy Christmas together. But we're a little different, our church. We are an expository preaching church, meaning we preach through books of the Bible, verse by verse. So usually in past Christmases, uh, we usually do a Christmas series and all that. We just said to, to view God's word high in the exposition of God's word. We're going to continue on to the gospel of Mark. And today's story, verse by verse, we land on a probably not a Christmas message, but you'll find out that every message points to Christmas. You'll find out that. And so today I want us to jump in the gospel of Mark. And after we are pauhana with this text, I want us to celebrate Jesus in our time of response. My title of this sermon, as we've been walking through the weeks of, of Christmas, is called A Life of Ministry. I want to remind you guys that though ministry is a good thing, it can also be a bad thing. If you've been with us for any sort of time, all, all the last four years of our existence, there's a lot we can do for God and forget about what he's done in our life and what he continues to do in and through our life. So what Christmas does, it brings us back to this life of ministry that doesn't focus on what we do for God, but what God has done for us. Amen. The ultimate ministry for every believer in Jesus is not you coming to church rather than you being the church. The ultimate message of, 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 of ministry is not you trying to work up to God's standard of holiness, and at the end of the age, you miss out on a true relationship. So our joy today is to, to find out what does it mean for the Christmas season to follow Jesus. Ho'omaokaokao. Would you stand with me in the reading of God's word? If you don't have your word, it's okay. All right, it's on the screen, but I would encourage you to bring God's word. And we're continuing on in verse 33, uh, 23 of chapter 2. And it reads this way. One, say that word with me, Sabbath. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as they made their way, 
his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. And the Pharisees, the religious rulers, were saying to Jesus, look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the S word? Say the S word. And Jesus said to them, here we go. Have you never read what David did? What it, when he was in need and was hungry, he and those who were with him. How he entered the house of God in the time of Abatra, the high priest, and ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for any but the priest to eat, and also gave it to those who were with him. 27, and he said to them, listen to these words. The Sabbath was made, was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And this is the heavier turn right there. So the Son of Man. Who is the Son of Man? Jesus. He is the Lord, even of the Sabbath. God, we need you. We don't need to go through traditional rituals today. We need a cut heart. Pierce us for what already belongs to you, our life, our soul. And for those who don't have that relationship, we pray they will by the end of this sermon. For faith comes by the hearing of the word. May we respond to you. In Jesus' name we pray. And God's Ohana says, Amen. And noho ilalo, you may be seated. Wanted to understand the context of the Sabbath, and it will be Pauhana. Quickly, four things about the Sabbath. The Sab what is the Sabbath? What is the big deal about the Sabbath as we look in our text today? Well, number one, the Sabbath was created by God in creation. If you go back to the first book of the Bible in Genesis, God installed or instituted the Sabbath, all right? Number two, the Sabbath was created on the seventh day, meaning that God created all that we know of today in six days, but on the seventh day, God what God installed the Sabbath. Number three, the Sabbath means to cease or rest. The, the true Hebrew language is word cease. Now, he didn't cease or rest because the battle was tired. Can I get a witness out there? He's God. He's never tired, right? In fact, he, he, he rested because God wanted to enjoy his creation. God wanted to see the good things that he made, and he looked back and he said, Hawaiians, that bugger look ono. That's what God looked back and he said, man, this creation looks good. The skies, the heavens, the earth, the birds, the animals. He said, that's why he ceased. That's why he paused. That's why he rested, to look at the good creation he has made. But number four, and this is where we'll land on, the Sabbath was created to be a holy day. The word holy could also mean righteous day. It could mean to be set apart for something specific. What is the specific nature of the Sabbath? Well, to enjoy. To enjoy, to, to enjoy relationship. God enjoyed his relationship with his creation. God enjoyed his relationship with, with his son and with his spirit, as we know as the triune God, the, the, the head God, the, the God, the Trinity. God enjoyed all. That's what it means to make the day holy. God ceased. 
And later on, we see in the Old Testament, people honored the Lord specifically on the Sabbath by ceasing from doing anything but worshiping the God. Specifically from Friday evening uh, when the sun goes down to Saturday evening when the sun goes down. So you may ask, what does this have to do with Christmas? What does Sabbath? And I want you to see that the Sabbath lines up with Christmas. The Sabbath is the story of Christmas. So I want us to look at this beautiful picture of God's grace and what it means to celebrate the Sabbath. And you'll find out by the end of it that God is perfectly good in the Sabbath. We see one thing. Number one, the Sabbath is about a relationship with God and not a religion for God. Can I get a witness, right? Religion teaches this historically, that you have to do these things in order to be in right relationship with God. The gospel is the opposite. The gospel teaches you cannot do nothing nothing. You are sunk. Therefore, you need someone supernatural to do it for you. Every other religion, my major is in theology, specifically in world religions. And every religion, even our own Hawaiian religion here, would say this is what you have to do in order to be in right fellowship with God. Where Christianity, the gospel of Jesus Christ, says this is what God did in order for you to have a relationship with God. Meaning that at the core of who we are, we are sunk. We are sinners. We're fallen. Let me ask you a question. How many of you have cussed at someone before? Raise your hand. Right on. You are a sinner by God's theology, all right? How many of you, let me just say this, have not done your duties at home, like your chores, take out the trash, all that, and your parents ask you to, right? Every sinner gets plenty of sinners in this room. Help us, Lord, right? How many of you have cheated someone before? Raise your hand, right? How many of you have falsely accused someone before? Raise your hand. Yep, all of you are worthless sinners, all right? How many of you have even lied before? Raise your hand, right? Right? If you didn't raise your hand, you just lied, so raise your hand up right now, okay? We have all sinned against a holy God. Are you with me? And so what God intended for it to be good was no longer good because we learn in Genesis that Adam and Eve did what God told them not to do. Therefore, we're arrived to this day. So the Sabbath is about a relationship with God and not a religion for God. We see two different groups in this story. We see the religious group who is the Pharisees. And we see the relational group who are the disciples, the followers of Jesus. In fact, it says in our text, one Sabbath, on the Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields. Jesus was not ceasing or resting like the Old Testament said. He was doing something. And so this caught this religious people, this high makamaka brothers and sisters, off God. And, and then they questioned God. In the Jewish context, it was kapu to sin against God by doing stuff on the Sabbath. So, so what we see here is a biblical truth. What God had meant for good, the religious people made for evil. You see the difference between a relationship with God versus a religion for God? What God meant for good... Right? And we see this all through history, all through our context today, in our relationships, redefining marriage, redefining relationships, redefining all this heterosexual, homosexual, where we're redefining what love is. Love is just love. But no, love cost God everything. 
His son, his precious son. So what, what God meant for good, the religious people made for evil. So the real fight, his, listen to me, Heinz, and Heinz at heart. The real fight is not about the Sabbath. In this text, the real fight is about religion. It's about what you do and you, you don't do. And same as Christmas, the real fight is not about Christmas. Rather, the, the real fight is on consumerism. Are you with me? Black Friday comes. It's no longer Black Friday. Now it's Thursday, Black Friday. Well, Black Thursday. You know, and all that. And, I mean, it messes me up now, right? It messes the whole family because we are so consumed with ourselves. Our needs, our entitlement, our pride, our arrogance. I know this may not be fun for you to hear all this, but you need to hear this this morning, right? Or you need to know the cost of your sin. You know, the cost of your pillakia, your heaven. We, we need to know it because what God meant for good, the religious people made for even the church today. We are flawed to think that you coming to today's service is, is, is what gets you in right standing with God. Nothing you do can save you from sin. You are inadequate. All right? You're not, listen to me, you, when we play backyard football back in the day and the ball spins, you're not the one being picked, hello. You're the last person in the group because you, you junk. You just don't have skills. You ain't athletic. That's saying like the gospel. We all are, are, are spiritually wasted. We need something supernatural, Jesus, to, to change that. So, so religion, con- consumerism always tears down, just like the religion. Religion, consumerism always seek out personal entitlement. We are just entitled buggers over here. And you add the American dream to that, that makes it even 10 times worse. Religion, consumerism always conforms to man's efforts, not God's. But the Sabbath, the Christmas, has always been about man's relationship with God. Can I get a window though, right? Remember, God rested in creation so that he would enjoy his creation. That's the story of Christianity. God created you to, guess what? Enjoy you. Not what you do for him, but just to enjoy you like any good father would enjoy you. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have seminaries. We have Bible colleges that say this is what you have to do in order to be in right standing with God. When in all reality, that's the problem. You're doing too much. You need someone greater than you. You're not enough. You're not all that. You're not the all-star. You're not the hero. In fact, the reason why you're in your junk is because of you. Because of me. We in Tennessee, y'all, we get it. Listen to me. We need someone bigger, better, stronger, more truer, more holy, more righteous to fix what was lost. Jesus. That's the gospel. We need Jesus to rescue us, to redeem us, to free us from consumerism, from religion. If not, we're going to be let down all the time when we don't have enough money to buy stuff. Listen to me. Generations will come and go thinking that it's about possession. When in all reality, it's about a relationship with the Lord. Well, Jesus, God in the flesh, as John stated, is resting and enjoying the Sabbath day. He is doing so with his followers. The Sabbath is about a relationship with God, not a religion for God. Number two, the Sabbath is to be a blessing, not a burden. Can they get a witness there? Like for, as a pastor, like 
You should be a blessing to me. Like a joy to, to shepherd you. A joy to, listen to me, you ready? Correct you. And it works both ways. And if you don't like it, I'm going to have a hard time for you to grow the way Christ intended. Listen, we're flawed, guys. We're flawed if we think that we don't need each other. No, God didn't rescue us to isolate us. God rescued us to enjoy Him and one another together. The Sabbath is a blessing, not a burden. I know, I know church ministry can be a burden too. Oh, my Lord. We get band practice tonight. The last thing I like to do, and this, I just want to cut somebody out right to work. Yeah, me, a holy Christian, right? I just want to just get in nuts. But I don't, last thing I want to do is go worship God with my people. No, you, you, you need worship. Why? Because we need Jesus. John Piper says it greatly that missions exist because worship does not. And what John Piper is clearly stating is that not everybody worships Jesus. And that's why we exist, to point people to this true, genuine worship. In fact, Jesus talks about the old story about King David, the same David who slayed the, the giant Goliath. And one day his men were hungry. And it wasn't norm. Listen to me, watch this. It wasn't norm for some brothers to jump in the Lord's temple and go eat their food. Can I get a witness, right? But David's the king, hello. What the king does, he does. Does that make sense? So, so Jesus is paralleling the connection with David the king and Jesus the king of the world. Are you with me? King of the universe. He said, and so, so he's paralleling this, this parable, this story with a lesson saying that even myself, I am authorized as God in the flesh to do what I please. So God, Jesus is, is reaffirming what the Sabbath really is. The Sabbath, though we see in the Old Testament of, of ceasing from doing work, the Sabbath is not about ceasing from doing work. The Sabbath is about blessing people. And sometimes you got to work. You think I, I get Sabbaths on Sundays? Can I get a witness out there, right? Pastors don't have Sabbaths on Sundays. I promise you, right after this service is done, I'm going to talk to three to four people about their relationship with God. You say, well, that's just, that, that's easy. You think so? People's emotions, people's feelings, knowing that right after I pow Hana today, I'm jumping on a plane to Tennessee, right? My goal, listen to me, the role of us in this room is to be a blessing, not a burden. That's why if you come to this church looking for what will fit your needs, you're not going to do well here. Because that's the problem with church people. They come to fill something up that's void in their heart. Not that all of that is not bad, but I would just use a liberal democratic president and use it for a gospel-centered. He said, uh, he said, don't ask what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. And I would make it so clear, don't ask what the church can do for you. Be the church and be on mission. I mean, that's the reality. Be a blessing, not, not a burden, right? It's the reality. Many followers of Jesus meet on Sunday morning specifically. Sundays should ha never be a burden for us in this room. 
Sunday should be a blessing. I know it. Uh, when first-timers come, well, they, they don't have much relationships with the church. It, it's hard. You, you're checking out. You're scoping out how the church is or what kind of music they're going to play, how is effective is the preacher, what kind of style does he preach, what kind of language does he use, what kind of theology does he use, well, uh, is he Reformed, is he Unreformed, is he Arminian, is he Calvinist, is he Baptist, is he Pentecostal, is he Baptocostal? What is going on? Like, I know what it is. Listen to me. Don't be so caught up with consumerism of Christianity. But, but, but enjoy the blessings of God through Christmas. Mark 2, 27 to 28 says specifically, And he said to them, these religious people, who are in every church, can I get a witness, right? Right? I am guilty as can be. That's why I need Jesus. We, there can be some form of pharmaceutical nature in all of us, all right? He said, Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made for what? Man, not man for the Sabbath. He basically saying this, the Sabbath wasn't made to burden y'all. You was made to enjoy the Sabbath. You was made to pick some grain and enjoy me by doing so. Like Jesus's concern was more about his followers starving than the religious rituals of the Sabbath. You got to understand the whole text from chapter 1 to chapter 2 right now, the ending of chapter 2. These followers of Jesus have been working hard in ministry. Not much food going on. So as they were going, sharing the gospel, they picked some grain and ate. Listen to me. Some scholars believe they didn't do the process of pounding that grain, cooking that grain. They ate it as is. For me, growing up in the homestead, that was our guava right there. As a mango, what a lychee, whatever. We walk in, and we're passing Papa Keller's house. You best believe I'm going to grab one guava or one mango, all right? I'm going to chunk on them, all right? More better, I'm going to take the green ones so I can go home and let them rest for a little so they don't get more mangoes, right? Here's the reality to it. The whole story of Christmas is for everyone to be blessed and not to be burdened. We think, oh, I got to get a present for so-and-so. I got to get a present for this. Con consumerism, I got to do this. I got to do that. I can't do this. I can't do that. Therefore, what we're focusing on is more a religion for God instead of a relationship with God. I'm telling you, the most genuine moments in my life is not what I got from people. The most genuine things in my life is the relationships I built because of Jesus. Period. I have people in this room who knew me before I knew Jesus. And that relationship still exists today because it's about relationship, not religion. Colossians says it this way about religion. He's, it says, Paul says, therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and what? Can I get an amen in that? Right? Thank God we can eat our fish and poi, right? Thank God we can eat pig. Park. Thank God we can eat fish raw, all right? I, I know my, my in-laws in Tennessee calls it bait. We call it sushi sashimi Hawaiian, all right? That's what we call it. We, we, I mean, thank God, right, that God has redeemed all things to bless us and not to burden us. Come on, guys. That is the joy of Christmas. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink. Or with regards to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. Say that word again. Sabbath. These are a shadow of things to come. But the substance, listen to me. The substance, all the mana, the power, belongs, listen to me, belongs to Christ. 
Here's the joy, the hope of glory for Christmas is not found in what you do for God, but what Christ has done for you. Christmas tells all believers and non-believers that Easter is around the corner and we got a hope. That hope is not in any man, any woman, any child. It is in the Son of Man. We declare today, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That's the joy of Christmas. That is the greatest theology you will learn, that we can have a relationship with God, not me doing, doing this or not doing that, but what God has done on the cross for you and me in the grave. He didn't stay in the grave, right? He rose again, and he ascended to heaven 40 days after being on earth, and he said, I will return. Until then, we will celebrate Christmas. We will celebrate the Sabbath because Jesus promises to be a blessing. Hear me out. Not for your glory, but his alone. So here's the biblical truth. The Sabbath is God's gift to all believers to rest in him. It's the principle of resting in celebration of Christ versus committing to a specific day ritual. What does that mean for us on Sundays? Heinz, it's the overflow. It's the cup that runneth over. I just used KJV. Hawaiian, watch out. <laughs> runneth. And I'm missing that too. I can't say the THs that much, you know? Get back on track, Kahu. That's what Sundays are. If, sun, if Sundays is a burden to you, you're missing out Monday through Saturday. Sunday should never be a burden. Although if I can be honest with you, sometimes it is a burden. Then I have to remember my own message and remember that God's a blessing. James 1-2 says this. It's not on the screen, so holy, listen up. Consider it all joy, brothers, when you experience trials of all kinds. You let me say them more in our context? Okay, I'll help you out right now. When all the stinking crap come your way, consider them joy, Heinz. Why? The text goes on, because the testing of your faith uh, is made known through your relationship. I'm paraphrasing, through your relationship with the Lord, not your religion of God. So it's the principle of wrestling in celebration of Christ versus commit, committing to a specific day or rituals. As a football coach, there's one thing we do as a ritual. I don't think they all understand the weight of it, but they do it. And some of you guys who come from different areas, you guys understand. There's one thing that American football teams do. They say the Lord's Prayer. I've been in every, almost every state, 50 states. It's the same way all the way through. And, I, and there's much weight to the prayer, right? For instance, forgive us our, our trespasses. As we forgive those who trespass against us, and you ready for the next weight? And lead us not into, but deliver us from, so stop right there. Then when they say, Vikings on three, one, two, three, Vikes, yes, let's effing get the team now, right? Like... Talk about hypocrisy, right? 
Oh, oh, only I know that, right? All you Christians, you know, good Christians, you live in a world that's saved, right? Here's the reality. We can view rituals just as is. Listen to me. We can view Sabbath just as is. We can view Christmas just as is. But if Jesus is not the center of what we're going through, all it is is a gong symbol. Loud and no substance. Like, could you imagine if Benny Boy was playing the drums right now? And that Hawaiian, bang, 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 and sometimes he does that. And on the marker, when we were just getting ready to set up and all that, I said, Hawaiian, can you stop, please? All right? Please stop. Like, like if we just, even like with the electric guitar, okay? All right? And whatever the case. It's like life. We're just going through motions with no substance in it. Bang, 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 bang. And what happens? We miss out on the blessings of Christ, and everything in life becomes a burden. And so a couple things happen. We forsake the people that God died for, right? So we stop hanging out with them. And, and ultimately, we stop hanging out with Jesus. For those of you who have never heard this before, if you think that your relationship with God is based on what you do for God, you will fall and it will hurt. Secondly, if you are a person that just went, if you are a person that uses your sin as an excuse to sin more, you're missing out on the totality of the gospel. Even like people out here, yeah, I'm just a sinner, you know, I fall short. But see, see, true repentance will change you. At least the gospel we preach. God has not saved you to leave you and forsake you. He saved you to redeem you, to sanctify you, to glorify you. And so what does this mean for us? Well, you're either two of these different groups that we talked about in our text. Number one, you're either the religious person or people, or you're the relational person or people. Let me define some of this. Number one, the religious people experience rules. Can I get a witness there, right? All about what you do or don't do. Those who have a relationship with the Lord, they experience freedom. We see that in our text today. Number t- the second part is those who are religious experience a distant encounter from God. When I was a little boy, there was a song that everybody loved. 30 years later, it's one of the worst songs theologically I've ever heard in my life. All right? And it's from one of the ladies that grew up here in Hoi. And it says God is watching us from a distance. You guys remember that song? He's never watched, you guys never watched beaches back in the day, yeah? Oh, you guys, Hawaiians, you guys ever watch different beaches. Okay, here we go. Our relationship with God is not from a distance. Our relationship with God as his disciples in this text is his experienced a personal encounter. They were literally breaking bread together. Lastly, religious people experience religion. More rules, more regulations, more do's and don'ts. Well, those who are with Jesus experience a genuine relationship. So, so here's how I want us to respond today. In just a moment, we'll bow our heads. I want you to evaluate, are you a religious person? 
or do you have a relationship with the Lord Jesus? Two different groups. With every head bow and eyes closed, as we end our time together, I want to speak to the first group. No one looking around, but really checking your heart. Are you like these Pharisees? Are you a religious person? You're focused so much on what you need to do for God rather than resting on the fact that God has done it all for you. If you're that religious person with no one looking around, would you simply raise your hand right now in Jesus' name? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. You can put it down. Lord, we pray for these people. God, would you inspire them not to do more for you, but for you to do more in and through them. The second group, you would say, man, I, I'm on fire, Kahu. But it's, it's wild, this fire. And I just need direction on where the Lord is calling me to serve, where the Lord is calling me to be outside of my relationship with him. If that's one of you, would you simply just raise your hand real quick? Amen. Praise the Lord. And put it down. And there's actually a third group. This is the group that really just coasting. You don't know what's going on. And it's okay if you just be honest. If that's you today that, man, you just don't know what's going on, you're just really coasting through life right now, I want to pray for you. And if that's you, would you simply raise your hand in the name of Jesus? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God, we pray for all these groups. And God, in the name of Jesus, would your Holy Spirit overwhelm us this morning. That the Sabbath was never made to be a burden, but to be a blessing. I pray for all three groups today. Regenerate, justify, sanctify, and glorify. God, we love you, and we thank you for being good when we're undeserving of your goodness. Thank you for reminding us these true stories in the scriptures that identify our desperate need for our Savior. Lord, we love you. It's in your name we pray.